0: Good morning. Before I begin, uh, get started with our lesson this morning, uh, I do want to make one quick request of you. Um, over the past couple of months, actually, uh, our, our teens, our youth ministry has been very uh, targeted toward a particular event that is coming up this Wednesday called Friends Day. Uh, and what Friends Day essentially is, is it's an opportunity for, for all of our youth. It's an opportunity for, for all of us to, to go out and to, to bring someone in to the church. Um, and so what we've done is we've, we've made a day that's actually going to start a little bit earlier on Wednesday night. We're, uh, we're, we're going to meet downstairs in our teen room at, at 6 p.m., we're going to have some activities and things that we'll do before we get started and then followed by a devotional a period of singing and then a time of, of food and fellowship uh, specifically for our youth. Uh, but we've organized this time and we've worked together really uh, to kind of make this event take place as an opportunity to be able to, to reach out, as an opportunity for, for us to be able to, to reach past uh, just those within the youth ministry and invite others, invite friends to, to come in and see uh, what our youth ministry is all about, but also what the church is all about. Uh, and it's something that that we've had a, a lot of, we've had multiple lessons on it, we've had a lot of planning sessions about this, just to, to get it right to where we all want this to be. Uh, and, and so what I ask of you is, is simply for your prayers. Uh, I ask that you... Uh, pray for this effort, that you pray that this will be a, a successful time for not only for our youth, but for, for those that, that they reach out to. Uh, I pray that, and I hope that you pray that those that, that we invite in will have uh, open and receptive hearts, that they will understand the, the importance of being a part of the church. Uh, so I do ask for, uh, for your prayers and that, and that you will, will keep that in mind uh, as that comes up this upcoming Wednesday. If you will, go ahead and turn your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. And I've entitled uh, this lesson for today, Paying It Forward. And just so you know, because you'll, you'll find out in just a second, uh, what we're really going to be focusing on is that idea of kindness. Uh, I'm sure that you've heard of uh, these ideas of, of random acts of kindness. Uh, usually they are very simple things that take place. Uh, might be something that is premeditated or something that just happens right there on the spot. But a, a random act of kindness is simply someone deciding, you know what, I'm going to do something kind to this person. Uh, maybe there's something that, that they can't afford. And, and you say, well... I can afford that. I can take care of that for them. And they, maybe they can't afford their groceries. And so you, you go and you uh, do that random act of kindness and, and help them with that. Um, whatever the situation might be, we're, we're familiar with this idea of random acts of kindness. And I'm sure at some point in time, uh, you have participated uh, in one of these random acts of kindness. But really, they are simply uh, people deciding to do something for someone else, uh, for, for no reason or, or for no, with no motive or anything like that. It's, it's just kindness. There was a movie that came out in, uh, in the year 2000 called Pay It Forward. Uh, I don't know how many of you have seen that movie before, but I'll give you uh, a short synopsis of what that movie is about. Uh, basically, in the movie Pay It Forward, a young boy is encouraged uh, within his social science class to, to do something or come up with some kind of idea to make the world better, to make the world a better place, to enhance the people and the environment around him. And so he comes up with this idea of paying it forward. And he starts off by, uh, by doing three acts of kindness, things that these people aren't able to do for themselves. And so he takes this idea upon himself, and then makes sure that everyone understands. As soon as I, you know, as soon as you receive this act of kindness, you then have to uh, reciprocate that and, and give that to to three new people, uh, three new acts of kindness. And that was the idea of paying it forward. And all throughout the movie, we see that. Uh, of course, one of his acts was to let a homeless guy start living in his garage, um, and he picks a few other things that. Um, you know, just for, for different people, maybe not people that he was specifically close to or did anything nice for him, but uh, he, he allowed this to, uh, to move forward. And he paid it forward and, and those people did the same. And so by the end of the movie, I, I won't get too much into the movie because it ends up being uh, very sad, uh, but by the end of the movie you really get to see just how far paying it forward have gone. Just how many people were involved in this idea of of passing uh, these ideas of kindness to the next person? So, I want to ask you a question this morning, and and I want you to think about this as we continue to go throughout this lesson. Uh, And this is the question that I have for you Uh, Is kindness a quality that we really possess? And I want you to think about that for for you personally. Is kindness a quality that you really possess? And we're going to go through that. We're going to define this idea of kindness and and everything as we continue to go throughout the lesson. But I want you to continue to keep that in your mind as as we continue. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, uh, if you haven't already turned there, go ahead and do so now. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, we see the story of David and Mephibosheth. Uh, And and I'll explain a little bit more about Mephibosheth in a minute, but here we see this this great story. Uh, This story which is really an act of kindness. Uh, So let's go ahead and start reading here uh, in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 9. We're going to start from the very beginning in verse 1. In verse 1 it reads, And David said, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul? That I may show kindness, uh, show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David. And the king said to him, uh, "Are you Ziba?" And he said, "I am your servant." And the king said, "Is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him?" Ziba said to the king, "There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled." In his feet. So, so far, we see that that David, from the very beginning of this uh, this chapter, David is looking for someone uh, related to Jonathan. He's looking for a descendant of Saul. Uh, He he wants to find this particular person. And, And very quickly, we see exactly why he wants to find this person. It's because David wants to show the kindness of God. David wants to be able to, to take this kindness and show it to someone that, has, uh, that is from the, the lineage of, of Saul or of Jonathan. And so, uh, really at this point, David wants to pay it forward. He, he wants to be able to take this kindness that he's been shown from, from this family previously, uh, from a very close friend of his, Jonathan, and he wants to be able to, to show that to one of their descendants. And so here we see that uh, through one of the servants of Saul, we see that he finds someone that is a descendant of Jonathan. In fact, it is a son of Jonathan. And his name is Mephibosheth. We're going to keep reading through this passage. Uh, Let's pick up in verse 6 of chapter 9. Verse 6. what is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? So right at this point, uh, once, once David finds out who this person was and that there was a, a descendant, uh, then Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, then comes to David. So we see that, that David has found who he wants. And he brings him to him, and of course Mephibosheth we see is very, uh, very humbled by uh, being able to be in the presence of David. But here we see that now David gets to explain exactly what he wants to do. We get to see that, that David's finally saying, alright, this is what I want to do for you. Uh, he, he's speaking to Mephibosheth and says, this is, this is everything that I want to do for you. This is what I want to make sure that you have for the rest of your life. And here it's, it's very strange because we see uh, a very uh, humble response. And Mephibosheth basically responds by saying, Why show regard for a dead dog such as I? See, at this point we see just how worthless Mephibosheth looks at himself. He he almost has this idea or this this feeling of being worthless. Uh, He feels as if he does not deserve anything that that David is giving him. Now, we will get... uh, I want to show you a little bit of of insight to why he he might feel this way. Uh, Let's go ahead and turn a couple chapters uh, previous uh, to 2 Samuel chapter 4. And in 2 Samuel chapter 4, we actually see... uh, the, the only previous mention of Mephibosheth to this point. Uh, and this is in, again, chapter 4. We're going to read verse 4. It says, Jonathan, the son of Saul, had a son who was crippled in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And as she fled in her haste, he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. So here we see a lot of events that took place right within this one verse. We see that uh, we actually see the news that had reached uh, Mephibosheth and, and those that were taking care of him. We see the death of Saul and his father uh, Jonathan. We see Saul's death and Mephibosheth's own father Jonathan. We see them both dying at the same time. When this takes place, we then see that uh, in reaction to the news, that's when this, this incident takes place, and as a result, he is crippled. Uh, we see that uh, very quickly, he, he kind of uh, has this realization, uh, and that is that uh, he is no longer viewed as a son of the king. Because at this point, uh, both uh, Saul and Jonathan had died. Both of them were, were, no, longer, uh, were no longer there, and so his, his father and his grandfather were both gone. And at the same time, he then uh, has this, this physical injury that takes place, which then makes it even harder for him to, uh, to live his life the way that, uh, that he normally would. And so he's no longer looked at as a son of the king. And from all of this, Now that he realizes all this, and as he grows up, he's greatly humbled by this experience. But we see that that's where where David steps in. Uh, Let's go back to 2 Samuel chapter 9. In chapter 9, we're going to pick back up, uh, beginning in verse 9. It reads, "Then uh, uh, Then the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All that belonged to Saul... And to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the the king, according to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so will your servant do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's servants. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table. So here we see that David showed kindness to Mephibosheth, uh, He was able to, to provide that kindness uh, and, uh, and do these things that, that hadn't really previously been done for him in his life. We see that because of David, uh, David gave Mephibosheth the place at the table that he never had. Uh, he wasn't able to, to enjoy the life that, that he was really growing up to live. And so David steps in and allows him to to have that place, to be treated like one of the king's sons. You see, David showed great kindness for for one who really did nothing to deserve it. And sure, you know, Jonathan was a very close friend of his, and he probably felt like passing on that friendship. But he also, uh, Mephibosheth also had a grandfather uh, who spent a lot of his time trying to kill David. Um, so there's a lot of different emotions there, but regardless, David showed kindness for Mephibosheth, who, who really did nothing to deserve it. Now since, I have, uh, since I've been here at Midway, uh, I do want to say that I've received so much kindness. Uh, I feel like all the time there are people that are, are doing things for me or giving things to me. Uh, when really I feel like I've done nothing to deserve it. And feel, and, in fact, uh, one of the reasons that I chose to, to go in this direction is because uh, someone had recently uh, done an act of kindness for me that I felt like I didn't deserve. Um, and I do want to say that I'm, I'm truly thankful for that kindness that I feel when I'm here. And uh, I've had a lot of days brightened and encouraged by the lives and the actions and the love of others. But I want to ask you another question. I asked you one earlier, and now I kind of want to change that question a little bit. And the question is, do we limit kindness to those that we feel like we owe? Do we normally only show kindness to people who are kind to us? Do we, do we tend to, to limit that kindness and only say, well, you know, I'm going to offer this kindness, but only because I received it first? I want to look at a couple verses that, that talk about this idea of kindness. If you will, go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 5. And in Galatians chapter 5, we learn uh, a very important verse, one that, one that we've read several times before, but it is the, the fruits of the Spirit. It's a passage about the fruits of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now when we see this fruit of the Spirit... You see, a a fruit of the Spirit is is simply an outward result of the Spirit. It's the fruit. It's what comes from this this action. It is the fruit of the Spirit. And so when we look at uh, kindness as a fruit of the Spirit, we understand that it is uh, an outwardly visible action. It is something that's outward. It's something visible. It's something that can be seen. Kindness is something that, that needs to be seen. Now, to kind of uh, continue with the same idea, uh, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Beginning in verse 12 of Colossians chapter 3, it says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. I want to look at the very beginning of that again. It says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, kindness. Now, other translations of this actually say, instead of put on kindness, they say, Clothe yourselves with kindness. Clothe yourselves. I've had a couple people uh, mention something to me about my socks that I, that I always wear. Um, and I tend to wear, uh, well, I, I either wear bright, visible socks or usually um, no socks at all, or not visible socks at least. Uh, but uh, I typically, I like to wear socks, and in fact, I'll go ahead and show you. I'm just wearing my normal red ones today. Um, but I, I want to make a quick illustration with you. Um, If someone were to ask you, is Connor wearing socks today? Um, All you would have to do is is just look at me. That's all all it would take, is for you to just look up at me, look at my ankles, and you can say, yeah, Connor's wearing socks today. Or, no, Connor's not wearing any socks today. It's that simple. That's all it takes, and, and it's just socks. Our kindness... Needs to be apparent to all people. In the same way, when it says, clothe yourself with kindness, that means the second that somebody looks at you, the second that somebody, someone is, is, is looking and paying any attention to you, they say, Yes, there's kindness. I see it. And it's very apparent to me, and, and there's no way that you can overlook it because there it is. When you, when you clothe yourself, you, you cover yourself with that. It is outwardly visible. And it's something that is apparent to all people. You see, both in, in this idea of... In the, in the movie, Pay It Forward, and also in this account that we looked at about David, we see that they both show this, this same action of kindness um, toward those that that don't necessarily deserve that kindness, um, toward people that may have done nothing for them in return, may have even wronged them in return, may have done something to, uh, to, to sever that relationship or, or, or make that relationship uncomfortable. But instead, they, they chose to, uh, to give acts of kindness, to show outwardly that kindness, to make it visible. But I want you to to realize that we also, uh, we have wronged someone who has shown us kindness. And sure, there are probably times in our lives when someone has showed us kindness and and we kind of, you know, we weren't really appreciative of it. We, We kind of ignored an act of kindness that was done toward us. But that's not really what I'm referring to here. I want to look back at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. That was a passage that we uh, read together earlier this morning, but I want to go through it again. Beginning in verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 2. It says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with Him See, we have been uh, shown kindness. Our God has shown us so much kindness. And He showed us more kindness than He ever could before through Jesus. You see, this this kind of kindness is kindness that we really don't deserve, but we still receive it. It's kindness that Uh, that we've really done nothing to to have it reciprocated to us, but we still get it. Often. And at an immeasurable amount. And the more that I talk about this, the more that I realize that that I talk about this same idea often. Uh, I I like to to go back to this idea of, of all the things that we've received through Christ that we don't deserve. And I I say it a lot, but I really can't help it because, I mean, do you realize how big of a deal this really is? Do you realize how big of a deal everything that Christ has done for us really is? You see, we go through our days focusing on what we can do for us. Uh, we, We make things work out the best way that we can for us, We put money, we save money for us. Uh, we make sure that, that we are happy and that we feed ourselves well and that we get rid of any kind of difficulties or challenges because maybe they're too hard for us. And meanwhile, we have Christ. Christ who lived a life that was not for Himself. Uh, who, who faced those challenges that we don't accept. Uh, who was, was mocked and who was shamed and who was killed. All for us. And he still accepts us even when we decide to look at us. And a lot of times we finally realize how wrong we really are to focus so much on us. Us. We finally realize that and He accepts us. He shows us that kindness and loves us anyway. You see, He offers this gift of kindness that we don't deserve. So, I want to ask you, are, are you paying it forward? And I don't mean that as in are you, are you reciprocating the kindness you know, to those that show it to you? That's, that's not what I'm referring to. Are you showing kindness to those who have done nothing to you? Maybe even those who have wronged you. Are you showing that kindness to them? And I'll be honest, I feel like this is something that, that I need to hear too. I feel like there's times where, where I just I allow myself and kindness to, to walk in two completely different directions. But are you paying it forward? Are are you allowing the ultimate kindness that Christ has shown us, that our God has shown us, are you allowing that to completely let your life be centered around giving kindness that other people maybe don't deserve, but because of the kindness that you have, that you don't deserve? Are you living a life of kindness as Jesus did? Are you living a life of kindness? Just like Christ did for us. Just like the entire life that He lived for us. And not just this reciprocated, uh, you show me kindness, I'll give it back. Nothing like that. But kindness uh, regardless of what others have done for you. Regardless of what others have done for you. At the beginning, I asked you a question. Is kindness a quality that you possess? And maybe you feel like it's not. Maybe you feel like this is a quality that I know I should possess, but, but I don't have it. Uh, I've been so caught up on, on myself and making sure that I'm happy that I haven't worried about the happiness of anyone around me. Or maybe... You haven't realized how important this relationship is with Christ. Maybe you haven't understood how important it is to have this kindness in your life. Maybe you feel like uh, you've allowed sin to to overtake your life, uh, to take place over this kindness, to take over and take precedence in your life. Whatever it might be, we want you to know that kindness uh, is shown to you by an immeasurable amount by Jesus. And you're receiving it now. And I hope that uh, this church has been able to show that kindness to you as it has to me. But if there's anything that we can do for you this afternoon, prayers or encouragement or anything that you need, uh, we ask that you come now as we stand and as we sing.